Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. The worst month is February. I mean, it's cold, it's dreary, you know, football season's over, the Bills are done, the Sabres aren't good right now, Syracuse basketball isn't really good. My personal favorite, though, fellas, the Bellagio. I'm going to watch the Fountain. Guys, do you think I'll see Tony Romo at the Bellagio? Tony, get off it. There are no more available NFL head coaching jobs. The Commanders reportedly hiring Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Bobby Babbage gets named uh, defensive coordinator. What we do not have clarity on yet is who's calling the plays. Either way, the philosophy of the defense will remain what Sean McDermott and what's in his mold. Mike Danger. The Senior Bowl taking place in Mobile. What it means for the Buffalo Bills. Gene Battaglia. We're going to change it up here. We're going to talk a little golf. Four. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen. Joel Embiid is not playing tonight as the Sixers continue their road trip in Utah. As the uh, Syracuse Crunch come away with the victory and hold on for this two-to-one win. Guys, I'll see if I can do the phone call from the Bellagio. <laughs> 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome on into the sports bar. It's Danger and Bataglia. Glad you're with us. Rochester's only local sports talk show. If you're listening along in Rochester at 95.7 FM and AM 950, we know we have plenty of listeners outside of the local area listening on the free-to-download Odyssey app. That's much appreciated. Also love it when you check out the stream uh, on our YouTube channel at The Fan Rochester, streaming on Twitch as well at The Fan Rochester. I'm Danger. That's Pataglia. So what conversation do you think they're having in Dallas this afternoon? So shouldn't be a surprise that Dan Quinn left. Maybe a surprise where he landed. But I think this is the downside of having a coach that is in the final year, a head coach of a, like the, McCarthy only has one year left in his contract. Like now you got to go out and hire a defensive coordinator. You know, there's people calling in to, to the fan in Dallas today. You know, Jerry should pick up the phone and talk to Bill Belichick. Oh, he doesn't have it. Yeah, yeah, that's not happening. But the thing is, like any defensive coordinator in the right mind isn't going to look at that as a favorable position because you're going to lose your job in a year, most likely. 
Favorable in the sense that they have talent, and that's the way Jerry looks at it. They're going to have to promote from within. That's really yeah. the only way they can you know, fill this. Likely. I, I, I just think that when you look at McCarthy going into the final year of his contract, not getting that extension, not knowing. I mean, you have, you believe he has a future through this upcoming season, but after that, what? Nothing. You don't have anything. If you're a defensive coordinator, you're going to uproot your family. You're going to start, if you're from the outside looking in, you're going to uproot your family. You're going to start over in Big D. It's a great opportunity. You can't deny that. But do you have long-term stability? Not that any coach really has long-term stability. No, it looks like a one-year deal. Right. It's a one-year deal. So it's going to take somebody who's got a special kind of situation at a different level of maybe patience to understand, hey, uh, this isn't going to be long-term. This job might be just right for me, or it might just be for just right now. And then afterwards, we'll have to reevaluate where I'm at. But um, promotion from within? I got to look at the coaching staff. I mean, what are you going to do? Al Harris, I believe, is on that coaching staff, mm-hmm. uh, your cornerback's coach. And um, I don't see him being ready to be a defensive coordinator, even though, you know, he's he's kind of highly praised for the work that he did with that secondary and those corners this year. Um, so, yeah, Quinn, Dan Quinn, the final coaching domino has fallen, and he now finds himself against the Cowboys' rival, the, the, the Commanders. Yeah, I just bring this up because would Jerry actually pick up the phone? You know, Bill, we have, you know, I want to be a yeah head coach here. <laughs> yeah, he, be you're right. I mean, that's not happening. And with each passing day, I feel like you hear a little bit more about the kind of style that Bill Belichick had as a head coach. This kind of military background. It's nothing that we didn't already know about Bill Belichick, this kind of stern military background with zero interpersonal skills, like zero ability to relate to the players. This is the way it's going to be done. We are, you know, regimented and routine and that is that. And that might work for some and maybe it worked some time ago but it, it isn't a lock in the world that we live in now that, that that's the way. I mean, think about how we raise our kids versus how our parents raised us and how much the world has changed. I don't know if there's anything you can do about that. If you're Bill Belichick, you, you don't adapt. You're just going to stay who you are. And that's totally fine. But I don't know that that flies. I don't know if that flies anymore in the NFL. Well, it's also I'm military when, you know, that that kind of mindset when you're dealing with people in the front office and other people, not just the players themselves and uh, the the people that are actually going to hire you. I think I'm going to make a prediction here. I think Belichick is going to go on TV. He will be charming. It's going to be like a year-long audition, and then some owner will trip over himself, say, why, why don't we bring this guy in? I think he's over, man. I think, I, it's, I think it's done. I think he's done. Box wine bet. Box wine bet? Box wine bet. Are you allowed to give do a box wine bet? I I will have to apologize if it doesn't go our way, but the winner gets to <laughs> choose told, box wine. You know better, Gene. You know better. Like You know I'm always down, but the executive producer told you. I believe her exact words were, no more bets with, with danger. danger. No more bets with danger. I did win one thanks to Ryan Fitzpatrick playing all of one quarter of one one game. Still stinks, man. I knew I was right on that one. I wasn't necessarily. I didn't win the bet, but I wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong. 
technically you won, but I wasn't wrong. You want to hang your hat on that. <laughs> All right. So this one's going to have some legs to it. Will Bill Belichick be a head coach in, in the your, NFL? In the NFL. Are we saying again? I'm going to, I'm going to be very bold on this in 2025. Next so this, this time next year, when everything next season, 2025 is Bill Belichick a head coach in the NFL again? I'm saying no. I am saying yes because the Jets and Giants are one step away from cleaning house. I, we could have a debate on which team is actually closer to that. Kind of diving into the Jets, it actually may be the Jets, and wouldn't that be funny that you know Belichick dissed that ownership uh, years ago? It's not happening. It's not happening. Oh, this is going to be so delicious. Gene, do I, 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 I want a good cab? If we're talking hashtag box wine mafia, you should know I like the dark Pinot Noir. Uh, it's velvety. It uh, it keeps well for at least 30 days in my liquor cabinet. Uh, it comes in a dark uh, purple. Uh, is it Bada Box? Is that what Bada it is? Box, yeah. yeah. The dark purple is, is my flavor of choice. Mm. Just so you're aware. Uh, you know, I'm just going to give you the brose. You're going to take that. You're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> you and the executive producer can enjoy that. But no, the, the, the bet is, will he be an NFL head coach? In 2025, I say no. I say he's done. I say he's done. The only risk in this is when guys get out, they realize, oh, this is actually life. I get to sleep in a little bit. I can go away for the weekend. What is this like? What is this like? Now, he has no one to share with. How old is he? 71? 71, 72. I'd have looked that up. Yeah, I, I think he's done. I think he's done. And he has no reason or need other than his own maybe pursuit of a record that he has his own records. He has a resume that's going to be tough for any head coach in the NFL to ever top. I'm I'm I'd be satiated. I'd be good. I'd be done. That's you. Yeah. But here's the thing. We know enough about him to know he's not going to just settle. He's not going to go into a room and be like, yeah, I'm comfortable taking orders from a GM or uh, an owner who acts like a GM. I, I want to call the shots. I need to call the shots. Parcells went through that with Dallas. He was the same kind of guy. It didn't go well. You don't think he's going to learn from guys while like, for a little bit? Yeah, but Parcells couldn't take it anymore. I here's also what we know about uh, it, the fact that you have Bill Par, Bill Belichick loving the idea that he chasing down Don Shula's record. That we've talked to how many people that really matters to him. And when you have a big market like New York. They're not going to let that go. If, if anything less than the playoffs or the Jets or Giants, probably the Jets will let go of Salah. And I would say Dayball would be in trouble, especially if they don't find the quarterback. So the Gi Giant fan base loves themselves in Bill Belichick. Copycat league. And when you look around at who's getting hired and you look at the age of some of these coaches, I think the oldest coach to be hired in this coaching cycle, if I'm it maybe maybe this is before Dan Quinn, was Raheem Morris, who's 47, 48. Wow, and he was the youngest one for a long right. time. Yeah. He was the old I I want to say prior to today, I think Quinn might be older, but I think prior to today's announcement that Quinn is going to Washington, that Raheem Morris was actually the oldest head coach hired in this round of in this in this coaching cycle. Which is insane. But but it's it's not because the league is a copycat league and they see teams succeeding with younger head coaches who know how to relate to players and can talk the talk and walk the walk and, and can get on their level 
It's a generational thing. It is ageism, but it's it's yeah. I see, what it see, is. but that's what I would say. Like for Pete Carroll, instance, I don't have any. I, I don't think I think Pete Carroll is one of those guys. He was in college. He kind of understood. Um, I, I never had that knock on Pete Carroll. All right, so there are only five head coaches in the league right now that are sixty or above. Can you name them all? Five that are sixty or above. Jim Harbaugh just got hired. He's sixty. Okay. I didn't realize that he's he's that old. Yep, yeah, 16. so John is younger. I want to say John is older. Oh, John is the older. John is older. John is the second oldest coach in the league now at sixty one. Wow. Okay, so you got both of the Harbaughs. You've got Andy Reid. Andy Reid is the oldest at sixty five. Uh, you've got. We're just talking about him. Oh, Belichick. Not Belichick. Um, we we're just talking about who? Not Dan Quinn. Mm-mm. What? Where did Dan Quinn come from? Oh, uh, McCarthy. McCarthy is 60. The last one is really, really tough. And my only hint here is, I know you don't think much of this guy. Bulls. Oh, you got it. Wait, are you looking off? No. 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 Bulls. Very good. Bulls. Because uh, he's been at it a while. And... Yeah, I like the, the the idea that that guy is is still around. Like wh- another, I can't call it a mediocre season. They got the postseason. I just don't think he's a very good head coach. I think he's a great defensive coach, not a great head coach. Yeah, the the oldest one in this uh, it's Dan Quinn at fifty three. So he's the oldest of these outside uh, of Harbaugh. Outside of Harbaugh, right? right. Yeah. And I wonder. God, it's it's fantastic when you see video footage from the chargers posting on their social like you walk around the facility now and the quotes are starting to come up like he's making his imprint his his messaging is all over the place already and all i could think to myself is what if they've just made an absolutely horrible mistake what if this is a failure what if harbaugh what if the nfl has passed jim harbaugh by and i don't know that that's that that's likely to happen his older brother, I just found out, is doing just fine, right? But w- what if they've made a horrible mistake in hiring this guy? This guy that essentially is is evading all of his misgivings from the college game. Well, couple things, and that's worth exploring. Like, what if this doesn't work out? All right, I would just say... It's always better to follow the guy that was terrible. Like, all right, it's like, okay, 500 this year. Charger fans might be like, okay, we're entertaining in 500. We had cap issues. Yeah. Um, that's fine. Um, you know, the, the other thing is, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And um, when you saw those pictures hung around the Charger facility, reminded me what he did in Michigan. Like, what are you doing today to beat Ohio State? Yeah. Is he going to do that? Yeah. What are it's you exactly, doing today to beat exactly the Kansas what it is. City The Chiefs. first thing you see as you yep. walk in is who has it better than us. You know, all of his quotes, all of his his little shticks are all over the place. Uh, did they hire, uh, speaking of Staley, did they hire him yet in, in Los Angeles? Is he still out there? Uh, he's still out there. I haven't seen that. Yeah. I, there, there's still a few key openings. And now, again, aside from the Dallas defensive coordinator opening, uh, you've got, uh, oh, and the word out of Dallas, by the way, is, uh, and this makes sense, if, if it is going to be anybody, Ron Rivera. Which you basically, you basically the, yeah. swapped. You basically swapped coaches, right? Rivera leaves Washington, goes to be the defensive coordinator in Dallas, and and Quinn goes to be the OC or go to goes to be the head coach in, in Washington. Well, it means I missed on one of mine. Um, 
we should do this next week. We did our bowl predictions at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And I had a bowl prediction that Ron Rivera get fired. And, I remember this like, one. And I said, well, and then he will become the defensive coordinator working under Sean McDermott yep. next year. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's not happening. No. But uh, it's not that he'll be out. Of the, it very well may be that he is not out of the league next year if he ends up being the defensive coordinator in Dallas. And I just see Dallas fan. I see you guys. And the idea that Ron Rivera is going to be their offensive coordinator, there is zero enthusiasm behind that move. Zero. If that actually happens, you will not have an enthusiastic fan base. I don't think they're enthusiastic about anything. I think Dallas fan, they're they're in a bad place right now. I, I No changes. You don't know if Dak is the dude. You don't have any certainty long term with the head coach. The o- cap isn't great. Yeah. It's a lot of messes. No, a lot of messes. I, to clean up. What? I, for the life of me, I don't understand why he kept McCarthy. Like to me, this would have been the clean break. Bring somebody in, attractive job because they do have talent on the offensive side of the ball. They do have talent on the defensive side of the ball. It's a culture thing down there that you shouldn't be collapsing like this year after year in the postseason. You got players like Parsons, star players, calling out coaches on social media, <laughs> saying that they need to get better players. Oh my God. It's always a show. It's always it like, and I, I have friends who will complain, and a lot of sports fans will complain when ESPN or any of their programs will focus their attention on the Cowboys throughout the course of the offseason. Like, let's face it, when, you know, when the Cowboys lost, it wasn't about Green Bay winning. It was about the Cowboys losing. It was all about the Cowboys for a solid week. Nothing about Green Bay winning, Green Bay, all about the Cowboys and the drama surrounding the team. And I don't think they want it any other way. I think the Cowboys know that they're the center of attention, want to be the center of attention, embrace the chaos. And it's good for business. It's good for Jerry's business. It's it's crazy. Jerry is making so much money. He's got the most valuable franchise yeah. in the NFL. And wins and losses don't matter. He says that they're all in and says that, but he's got a different uh, different scorecard, and that's called the bottom line. Mention the uh, Senior Bowl happening in Mobile, Alabama. Later this afternoon, we will check in with the superhero of the spread. Love our guy, Thor Nystrom. He's down there. Uh, Thor's from uh, Fantasy Pros, Betting Pros, Scouting down there at the Senior Bowl. I saw some of what Thor was putting out there on social media earlier today, and maybe we can even get into some hot kicker talk with Thor Nystrom because there's a couple of punters down there just showing off their leg. He, um, There is an age difference between Thor and I, and you and Thor, for that matter, Danger, because every morning he was getting up on a mobile showing what he was eating at the Waffle House. I'm uh-huh. like, oh my gosh, some of these plates at the Waffle House, we take crap for the garbage plate have you seen some of this stuff i true confession i'd be i'd be, I'd be, I'd be a disaster all day of eight I, I haven't uh, ever been to a waffle house i've only driven by what i'm sorry what haven't been i mean you know try to make the trek down south at least once a year driven by them well you're 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 motoring to get to a spot. I kind of get that. But if you have more time, you yeah, can maybe, meander. Maybe. Uh, I think Waffle House, to me, sounds, or at least the way it's been described to me, sounds like what Tahoe's is to us, right? Like yeah. you, you end up at Waffle House after a long night or when you need something, you need some sustenance because your body is craving it. And uh, I've never been in that situation in a vicinity of a, a Waffle House. I've never been. 
All right, this is a true story, and yes, they <laughs> they don't like us down there sometimes. Now, this is going back to the 90s, but... Wait, when you say down there, are you talking about the South? I'm talking about the South. Executive producer and I go into Waffle House. A couple of Yanks today. walking in. Going the Yanks. Now, I'm not really concerned. I'm kind of on the drive, and I'm wearing a hat my dad bought for me. He was in Nashville, brought something back. Vanderbilt University. So that's kind of fun. So the guy behind the counter is like, oh, Vanderbilt. He starts spitting all this college football stuff at me, and I'm just kind of nodding. I'm yeah. nodding. And then I have to say, I have to confess, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You know what? I, I like college football, but I, I'm not really a Vanderbilt team. Who's your team? What's the mistake I made? You said Syracuse. I did. Hey. No one would come and wait. That guy would not come over <laughs> and wait on us. Because you said Syracuse. Because I said Syracuse. Mm. Yeah, you're a Yank. I'm a Yank. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this is what we do when we come down. Yeah, it's down. a different. Uh, it's different down there, right? Like, you get to like some parts of South Carolina that I drive through, and we have to stop. I'm like, yeah, it's 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 a little different down here. Yeah, it's like you can go to you go to Orlando. Go to Lakeland, Florida. Go to some of these places that are just 45 minutes. Nah, I'm okay. No, but I'm just saying you're I'm only good. that far Yo, from Gino, like, you let know. Me, let me just go to Naples. Let me go to Marco. Let me get my toes in the sand. I'll be good. I don't I don't need to explore. I, I'm fine. I can stay in my little bubble. I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> there are like some places where you have I to get go it. to. Uh, I get it. Yeah. Where they, as soon as they know, oh, you're a Yank, huh? Okay. Uh, later this hour, in fact, just a few minutes from now, we'll, we'll check in with Brian Koziel. He's the host of the T to Green Pod. You can hear it in the free to download Odyssey app. Also, the Sabres Hockey Network. Not only talks Sabres, but Brian's big golf guy. Obviously, we have him on whenever we talk major golf here in the sports bar. And oh, there's there's a pretty significant story happening in golf right now. Yeah, like does this mean the PGA and Live uh, mergers off when you're talking about billions? being injected into the PGA by this whoever group is. I mean, this is, all right, where, where are we going to go in here with the PGA Tour and live and everything else? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, feels like uh, a while ago now that uh, we heard the news that our boy, John Ram, John Ram is going, uh, going to live for, for the kind of money that we we didn't think, what, you know, golfers would ever, he's making Shohei money, not, he's making Shohei money, uh, just for playing golf, which is insane uh, that, that Live Golf is investing what they're investing in some of these golfers. But uh, Brian will stop in and uh, we'll talk about this uh, this big story out of the PGA. Yeah, and this is a week that, all right, you're not watching football. I don't consider the Pro Bowl football. Pebble, but Pe- Beach. Pebble Beach is interesting. Sure. Sure. Yeah, we'll get into that with uh, Brian Cozy. You'll hear just a few. Uh, you can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman Line. That number is 866-4-FAN-585-866-4326. And you can engage with us as well on Elon's Twitter. That's X at the Fan Rochester. Uh, we'll get to some takes on tap, a round of shots coming up as well uh, during happy hour after 5 o'clock. Let's take a break and come back with Brian Koziel next in the Sports Bar on the Fan. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. Listen up, I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. 
Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Fan Rochester Sports Update. No more vacancies in the NFL. The Washington Commanders have a new head coach. He's Dan Quinn. Quinn, formerly the defensive coordinator in Dallas, also served as the head coach in Atlanta. Patrick Mahomes, he's getting ready to head to Vegas. Satisfied with getting there. I mean, this is a great football team that we're going up against. This will take our best football, kind of like it's taken the last three weeks that we've played. Um, and so we have to do whatever we can to prepare ourselves this week of practice, next week of practice, to be ready to go. And I know it's Vegas, and it's a lot of fun. But for us, it's, it's a business trip. The Rochester Americans on the bus as we speak. First of two tomorrow night. Team playing in Laval. Rochester falling last night to Syracuse by 2-1 score. We'll talk to Brian Colziel from the Sabres Radio Network coming up next. The Philadelphia 76ers have been fined 75 grand. This for not reporting the injury concerning Joel Embiid. Gene Taglin, the sports leader. The fan, Rochester. Meet or on the rocks, it's the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. Pebble Beach this weekend, uh, and a bit of news out of the PGA Tour. We talk golf in the Sports Bar. We, we go to our expert here. He is the host of the Tee to Green pod. You can hear it in the free-to-download Odyssey app. Also on the Sabres Radio Network, we love talking golf and hockey with Brian Koziel. Uh Brian, uh, this injection of cash, what's it all about with the PGA Tour? I felt like that uh, we just heard recently that these two tours, PGA and Live, were going to merge. What's up? Yes. Good afternoon, guys. Nice to talk with you. I, you know, this, I think we knew that there was some sort of maybe like convergence towards the PGA Tour and Live and, and TIFF kind of the financial group backing of, of live that they were going to get together and figure out a way that they could both coexist. And also the PG tour is looking for a huge cash injection, but now this is coming from another group. And I think they might be looking for more. I think that we're still hearing, and I've been reading articles that 
Like we may be getting an, an, an announcement as early as next week that PIF and the PGA tour are going to be working together. I think maybe the clue that we're starting to see that this is inevitable and that maybe these players are going to have the opportunity to kind of reemerge somehow on the PGA tour at some point soon is that we're hearing the big voices and the big players that have been speaking on this behalf, soften their stance quite a bit. And I'll start with Rory McIlroy with that. I mean, he has almost done a total 180. He's not saying that he loves Liv or that he wants to join Liv, but he has said that, you know, he's open to having the players return and that there should be a path and that they shouldn't be punished. They shouldn't be fined. They shouldn't be suspended. Uh, Jordan Spieth this week, who's also been very strong against it, uh, maybe wasn't as strong as Rory, but did say, that he just wants golf to kind of get on with it. And if that means coming together to make it better, then he's all for it. Uh, and then Bryson DeChambeau, who's been on the live side of things, said, look, any money going into golf anywhere in the world is a good thing. He goes, I just hope at some point soon that all the best players can compete against each other on a regular basis. So like just those three comments from three pretty powerful voices in the game lend me to leave that there's still more to come. And I think it's the PIF live connection that's going to be a coming. I, I don't think it'll be coming here over these next four days because the PGA tour has this event at Pebble beach, which is a big elevated event. They've got all the amateurs playing, including Josh Allen, Bill's quarterback who's hmm. playing right now. Uh, they don't want to distract from that, but I would guess that we'll get an announcement soon. I mean, it said imminent this week with some of these reports. So maybe next Monday, Tuesday, it'll be the day that we'll be hearing that there'll be, an official agreement with more funding coming to the PGA tour. Okay. So let me see if I have all of this straight because, uh, the strategic sports group. Okay. I don't know who these people are. Venture capitalists. That was the first report I saw some other sports owners who are anonymous, but what we're, we're led to believe here, Brian, that it's actually Saudi Arabia's public investment fund or PIF. Do I have that right? Yes. And I think it's maybe going, under a that label, which could include, I've I've heard the Fe, the Fenway Sports Group I know had wanted in kind of in on this at some point. That could maybe be a part of it. But I mean, three billion dollars—that's a lot. So I mean, they clearly have more than just one investment group going in at this. Um, and then maybe next week we'll get the details to see how much of it is from certain areas. And like you said, it's it's kind of hard to to piece together exactly where all the money's coming from because of the fact that these are anonymous sources. So uh, I'm guessing it's a collection and this will be involved. And then at some point, you know, the obvious question that golf fans want to know is, okay, how can we get the best in the world back playing together more than maybe just the four times a year for the four majors? Because I think ultimately in the end, you know, as we talked about this over the last calendar year of like, well, you know, Liv has got dirty money attached and all these things that go with it. I, I, we, you know, we all have sit here probably just as golf fans and just say, look, uh, we know money in the world comes from places, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but can we at least figure out a way to get the best players in the world playing regularly here together to promote the game of golf, to grow the game of golf, to get people excited about golf. And, you know, in the end, I guess, 
hopefully that's the direction it's heading here very shortly. Brian, could this be the PGA, you know, kind of accumulating funds in order to just buy out live? I mean, like the guys that are on live right now, man, I think about that John Rom deal. He's making Shohei money to play golf. It's insane how much money is getting thrown at these guys. And, and the PGA tour has never been able or never will be able to compete with that. So I guess my question is what's the end game? Cause I think there's a section of golf fans they really don't care if they if they don't see these guys on the course more regularly than just during the majors. That's true. There are maybe you know not the hardcore fans that watch golf every week that are say, "Look, I only turning into the majors anyway. I'm going to see the best, so why do I care?" You're right. Um, I think maybe you could be onto something with the you know ultimately they're buying out Live. I don't know if Live's going to disappear. I read an article this week. I think it was from the Telegraph, which is. Um, publication in England that said that they think that live ultimately could turn into what the DP world tour does, which used to be the European tour, but now they've kind of branded it more as the world tour because they are going outside of Europe to play events like in Australia and in Africa and in Asia. And I think that all involved see the potential of having global golf be a kind of an untapped source that there really isn't one tour that really does the whole world. The PGA Tour is obviously very predominantly United States-based. Live is trying to kind of pick a little at each spot, but they don't really have that foundation yet. And then, of course, the DP World Tour, which is kind of the old European tour, they've got their tradition and their tournaments, um, but they're going to new sites. I'm wondering if we could see a spot where the DP World Tour and the Live Tour essentially like, hey, this is your global tour or again, maybe the up-and-coming players and then the PGA Tour has connections where they're playing. And then you have events where they're together. Like, for instance, the Scottish Open, the week before the British Open normally, the Open Championship, uh, is a PGA Tour slash DP World Tour event. So I'm wondering maybe if you'll see that sort of thing where you say, look, here are the four majors, everybody's in, and then there's a dozen global, we'll call them combined events where PGA Tour and Live are also invited to play based upon however, you know, point system they come up with. So um, I think there's obviously a lot of ideas out there, but ultimately in the end here, the PGA Tour is looking, how can we get the most bankroll possible to make our tour viable so we don't continue to lose players? We know the big, you know, loss they had was John Rahm to start the year. They just lost Tyrell Hatton last week. Uh, not to the insane number uh, that Rom left for, but he left for $60 million. Uh, You know, that's still a huge chunk of change for someone that um, hasn't made anywhere near that on the PGA Tour during his career so far. Yeah, Brian Coziel, your host of Tee to Green, which you can hear inside the Odyssey app on, on Saturdays. Also, of course, the Sabres radio network. We'll get to hockey here in a little bit. Uh, Brian, not a question, because I don't, if I asked you, like, there's, I don't know if there's an answer we could say, but I just want to raise the issue here. Like the Department of Justice was sniffing around on this and Congress could get involved. This is an election year. This could be, you know, having PIF kind of be secretly involved in owning uh, one of, uh, you know, our favorite sports here in America. Where do you think this possibly could go or do you think it might just kind of fade away? I think with the fact that we're seeing money from Saudi Arabia infiltrate other sports, Formula One, of course, soccer is now really getting affected by this. You're seeing monster names not only play in Saudi Arabian leagues, but get offers to come over there with insane amount of money. 
I think we're just seeing that this is maybe an, an inevitable piece of sports that are kind of internationally sports, which I guess you could throw tennis in that mix, you know, soccer for sure. Uh, golf is in that mix for sure. I think they're just going to be kind of a part of the landscape going forward. They want in on the sports scene internationally for sure. You know, will it infiltrate the NBA at some point or the NFL? Who knows? You'd like to think maybe there's enough money elsewhere that they don't have to go down that road. But I mean, look at, they started throwing hundreds of millions of dollars at golfers. Who's to say they can't throw hundreds of millions of dollars at NBA players. NBA wouldn't take that many players to create a league if they wanted to. And I'm not saying that they will, but uh, clearly Greg Norman, you know, having his kind of angle of wanting to, he has his own personal vendetta trying to get back at the PGA Tour for some of the things he disagreed with over the course of his career. Uh, will you see upstart things or money pushed into these leagues because they want to get involved? Uh, and also, you know, we, we know too that they're trying to, what is it, you know, distract from other, the other negative publicity that the country gets. They think if they're getting involved in sports, it's great publicity. It's a great way to raise money. It's a great way to kind of brand themselves in a more positive manner than some of the human rights things that we've seen going on, you know, globally with what their country's been involved with. Brian Koziel is the host of the T to Green pod. You can hear it uh, in the free to download Odyssey app. You also hear Brian on the Buffalo Sabres radio network. And if we can uh, shift gears and talk a little Sabres with you, Brian, while we have you, uh, you know, as we hit the all-star break here, I think most fans would uh, kind of scratch their head and be like, yeah, this this ain't it. This isn't what we thought we were going to get this season. I, the best way I heard it described was uh, from Joe Yurden, who I know you're familiar with. He, he called the Sabres this year more consistently inconsistent than we, we saw last year, a team that was one point out of the postseason. What's your evaluation so far? I love that line. I think it holds extremely true. This is a team that from period to period – you really don't even know what you're going to get, which is tough to try to gauge whether you want to believe that they're legit or they're not legit, or they could be a playoff team or that they're just going to be a seller dweller. It, it is really amazing that this group of players that finished the season so strong last year has come out and shown zero consistency. The fact that the most that they have in terms of a win streak is two games and it's only happened a couple of times. Like, that just shows to me what, you know, what I think Joe said correctly is that they are just so inconsistent. You never know what you're going to get. I guess maybe the one blanket statement you could say about this team this year is that they have done an awful job of coming ready to play games. And that, I think, the blame goes on everybody. That's players and coaching for getting them ready to play. The worst goal differential in the National Hockey League in the first period They've given up number one most, the, the top amount of goals against. They're like 29th in terms of scoring in the first period. So they are constantly playing from behind. Sometimes, more often than not, it's double digits within the first period. And, you know, you've, you're playing quality opponents here that you're trying to chase to be constantly being down 2 nothing or 3-1 after the first period. It's been a common theme with this team. And then suddenly, at some point during games, they figure it out. Well, a lot of times it's too little too late. Or you, want, you, know, you just want to sit there and say, why can't you start a game like this? And to me, that's been the most baffling thing of all. If I'm going to make a team statement, it's just how poor they have been in the first period. And it's really cost them. You know, there's other side issues. The power play has been a disaster. Their five-on-five play is pretty close 
to their scoring. They're within single-digit goals of the amount of five-on-five goals they had last year at this point than they did this year at this point. That just shows how low the power play production has been, where last year they were in the top ten, this year they're in the bottom five, and that's obviously been a big piece. And I know when you and I talked before the season started, we were sitting here saying, what's the biggest question about the Sabres? And it was definitely, for me, the goalie situation. And I was thinking here, you know, I'm sure I said it. Shame on me for saying it. Hey, if they could just get even just average goaltending, they're going to be fine. Well, they've gotten it for sure. And, you know, pie in the face for me for saying that. <laughs> pie in the face. Pie in the face of all of us. Brian Colziel, our guest. <laughs> Brian, Brian, what you and Danger and everybody else described, you're describing a team that sounds like they need a coaching change. But, but does Terry Bigol have the stomach to go through this Again, I mean, how warm is the seat right now for Granato? I think there's no way that he's fired this season. I just think that Kevin, Kevin Adams does not want to fire Don Granato. I think the only way it gets to it is if Terry Pagula says pull the trigger, like enough is enough sort of thing. I think even though this year has been bad and underwhelming and disappointing, I think Granato gets through the end of the season here. As I mean, we're through now almost, they're what, 49 games in, 50 games in. So, I mean, I think, he gets the rest of the season. Um, if it stays like this, where they're just you know back and forth and maybe no more than a two-game win streak ever, I could see them thinking about a coaching change. The players give no indication that they want one, although their actions on the ice would indicate that they're not really playing that hard for their coach. You remember the sequence about a month ago. They had that game that was kind of the, the bottom dweller of the season. Blue Jackets. And they gave, gave up nine against Columbus Mm -hmm. at home. And that was the night that was the most vocal in Key Bank Center where the crowds were saying, fire Donnie, fire Donnie. And the players after the game were not happy about it. And then what happened? They scored, what, nine the next night against, Mm -hmm. or the next game against Toronto. So, and they kept saying, you know, we played for our coach. We played for our coach. It is, I think, honorable to do that. But I remember on postgame saying that night, guys, you almost made yourself worse in terms of that, that you decided, hey, this game, we're going to play hard for our coach. And you put up nine at home against a really good team in the Maple Leafs. And then the rest of the season, you've gone out and basically done nothing to start games and not coming anywhere near the scoring that you're at. To me, I'm almost saying, okay, so when you really are motivated by something, you're capable of that performance. Why do we get such lackluster efforts and hear from the players after all these other games? Like, oh, we weren't ready to play. Oh, we have to play more consistent. Oh, we need to play with more vigor. Like, to me, it's almost more insulting. If you were just bad and lacked talent and just weren't good, and this is where you were in the standings, well, we could be sitting here saying about, well, what prospects are coming up from the Amherst and, you know, who can Kevin Adams draft that help this out or who can he make a trade? To me, because we've seen enough good, I think I'm almost more disappointed in the fact that these guys have just not been able to bring it on a more consistent basis. Clearly they can. They have a winning record against the top 10 in the NHL. They beat the Leafs they, in Toronto when they were at the top of the division. They've beaten Boston in Boston. They beat the Rangers in Madison Square Garden. These are some of the top teams they beat in Vegas. You know, they should have beaten Vancouver. They lost that game one nothing. So they're capable of playing well. And to me, that's what's even really more disappointing about this season. It's not that they can't do. It's a little bit more of this we won't do or we aren't able to do it on a consistent basis. And that part, to me, I can understand why fans are even more pissed about that. The year of the 
of the tank and these years around it, we knew they didn't have a lot of talent. We knew they couldn't compete with the best in the league. They have the talent now. I think it's a lot of just these players figuring out a way to get motivated to start games properly. And definitely some of that blame goes on the head coach for sure. Brian, uh, the, the synergy between Buffalo and Rochester this year has been pretty apparent, especially when you when you look at uh, goaltending and, and what they've been able to do here now with Levi going back and forth, Comrie accepting his responsibility uh, with the Amherst and, and going up when needed and, and UPL kind of elevating his game a little bit. I think we're going to see more of that here in the coming weeks, in the coming days, as there's a, a pretty important decision that needs to be made here. What are you going to do to replace Jack Quinn for the next eight weeks? And are heart breaks when you see an injury like that you know how hard he came uh he worked to come back from the achilles injury and he was playing really well prior to injuring himself uh the other night in san jose so my question to you is what does kevin adams do does he call up uh, a more veteran guy to be a bottom six guy uh and move somebody up into that role that quinn occupied in the second line or does he go youth and and pluck a kulik or rosane from rochester and plug him directly into quinn's role there in the top six I think fans definitely would want to see Roseanne or Kulik up just because of, Hey, you know, we keep seeing all these nights where these Amherst highlights where they're doing so well, we got a little taste of both of them and they both showed a little nice stuff during their really short time in Buffalo. Um, could he go the other route, call up a veteran and then just slide somebody up? He could, you know, Zach Benson's been a great story this year for the Sabres. Incredible overperforming all expectations. Um, but to just expect that he's just going to go in and just be Jack Quinn or something, sure, the offensive production, like, I think that's unfair to an 18-year-old to say, like, we're going to slide you up. Casey Middlestad has been playing with everybody this year. He's been playing center and wing, uh, so they have flexibility with him. But um, and I'd like to see one of the younger players up here, especially because right now, if they end up, you know, quote, costing you a game because of a mistake or something like those lines, to be honest, in the standings, I think it doesn't matter at this point. They're 10 points back of a playoff spot, and they have so many teams involved. I think it would take a really heroic run here uh, over the next month for it to me to mathematically truly believe like they are truly uh, in the race. So I would say let's see what these prospects can do, whether it's Roseanne or whether it's Kulik along those lines. Get them up here playing with skilled players. If they're going to bring them up and put Kulik on line four with Gergensons and a, a Poso and players like that, then don't bother. Then, to me, like if you're going to bring him up and have him play with Thompson, have him play with Middlestad, have him play with Dylan Cousins and J.J. Paterka, well, then let's see what they can do playing with players that are among that mindset. Then I'd be all on board for that. Brian, uh, we're now five weeks away from the NHL trade deadline. Like you're painting a picture of, uh, yeah, this seems like another non-playoff season. So if the Sabres are going to be sellers and these rumors will you know, pick up here in the next few weeks, I'm looking over the roster right now and I'm – I don't know. What could you get for Olafson? You brought up Middlestat. That seems to be the name that certainly Eric Comrie, uh, you know, if somebody wanted him, I'm sure uh, he could be dealt. Like, who? What are the possibilities? Or do you just kind of stand pat here? I think probably the biggest name of value would be Middlestat. He is an RFA next year. He has given indications that there hasn't been any talk of a contract extension, not to say that there won't be. And his point production is excellent this year. So, he, to me, would be very valuable. His trade value is probably about as high as it was when he came off of his amazing performance at the World Juniors. So I think if you are thinking that you can move on from him next year or you don't want to give him a long-term extension, 
then I think you could definitely get something of value for him. The other guys that I think could be moved, but I don't think you're getting anything in return that's like, quote, pushing you over the edge. Eric Johnson, to me, seems like a natural move. He's you know coming here from Colorado. He was supposed to be here to kind of help push this, you know, one of the pieces to push them over the edge. He's done a very, very good job penalty killing and improved this unit quite, uh, quite good considering where it was last year. But he's going to be attractive to be in the 5-6 role on a team that's maybe thinking, hey, we're a veteran defenseman away here from maybe having a complete set of blue liners. So I could see him being moved. But again, I don't know what you're, you're not getting a, a highly touted player back in return. I think this is, you know, it's, it's a middle round draft pick or it could be even a player that, you know, maybe has kind of fallen out somewhere in the AHL from another season, another team and say, Hey, let's try it here in a different organization. I could see Eric Johnson moved. Um, Eric Comrie to me, the fact that he cleared waivers probably is indication that if anybody did want him, you're talking like a seventh round draft pick, you know, at most, uh, in return. So middle stat to me is the piece. Uh, the, the question to me will be, does he trade some of his other prospects uh, that are currently playing for the Amherst or are currently playing in juniors or are currently playing in college? Because the Sabres still seem to have the cupboard full and they've got a lot of players in their core that are signed now long-term. So not all of them are going to have a spot with the Sabres anytime soon. So I still think he needs to create some space there, which is why I think maybe you know, him holding on to all these prospects, at some point you have to cash in for the good that you did. Kevin Adams has acquired now a lot of prospects, you know, through the draft and through trade, but you've got to take advantage of the fact that, okay, we can't simply have, we don't have seven forward spots to put all these young prospects that are upcoming here through the pipeline, turn them around, turn it into an NHL ready player that can help you right now, because this team should be in win mode now, considering how they finished last year. Yeah, and, and you were going right where I wanted to ask you next, like, and quickly, because we're, we're up against it. But, Brian, the, the idea that you would make a trade and get more prospects in return seems ridiculous to me at this point. If, you, if it's you're moving Middlestead and, and maybe some other prospects, or you're moving a bunch of prospects to hopefully get somebody that can come in and be a part of this team today and make the, the Sabres better today, then I think a lot of people would sign up for that over, hey, we, well, we got another third-round draft pick for, for this prospect. Totally agree. And that means if you're going to get someone that's ready today, you're going to have to give up somebody of value, which could mean Casey Middlestat, or it could be some of the better players that are playing in Rochester right now or their draft picks. Eric Johnson, Eric Comrie, you can move those guys, but you're right. You're not going to get that NHL player that's going to just step right in and help you today. You know, they, Ultimately, we thought at this point we'd be talking about, hey, who, what's the piece now to push them into the playoffs or keep that playoff spot? Now at this point, it's 10 points. It's just it's such a huge margin. And even different from last year, if you look at last year's record at this time, the gap was pretty similar. It was, I, I want to say maybe it was around like six or seven points, but there was only two teams to pass. Now I believe there's six before you even get to Detroit. So they've got a lot of work to do. Catching Detroit with 10 points ultimately could be possible. But then you've got to pass Pittsburgh and Washington and the Islanders and the Devils and, you know, it starts to add up over the course of a long time that really makes the math difficult. And that's why there's single digit percentages right now in terms of their opportunities to make the playoffs. I think I saw 8% or something along mm. those lines. And I think that's pretty accurate. Brian Koziel, Sabres Radio Network. Sabres are not in action till Tuesday, but Tita Green, tell everybody as uh, you know, we're looking forward to warmer days here, Brian. 
Yeah, that's right. We do a, a weekly Tea to Green podcast on Mondays. So you can look for that on our social media handles, uh, Tea to G Buffalo on Instagram and Twitter or X, whatever you're calling it these days. And then our first show, we're back for our first live show on WGR and the Odyssey app uh, on February 24th. So we're less than a month away from our Saturday morning show returning live and on the air and hopefully maybe even golf weather in a few weeks. Let's hope here. Let's hope, Brian, man. Thank you so much for giving us your time this afternoon. Really looking forward to warmer days and and getting back out there. And of course, you do a great job covering the sport and and spending time with us here in the sports bar to to, clear the way for us and let us know what exactly is going on with the, the game that we love. Thanks, guys. Always have fun with talking to you guys. Have yeah, a good night. Brian. Yeah, there he is. Brian Cozio. You can hear him on Tita Green, also the Sabres Radio Network. Good with his time and joining us this afternoon. <laughs> like you had yearn with his quote. I like Cozio's quote here. Like, what we all thought of the Sabres? No pie in the face. Yeah. I mean, uh, th- that's true. What he thought early in the season is, hey, enough talent on this roster. If you just get average goaltending, they're in good shape. Well, they've gotten average to just slightly better than average goaltending. These guys can't wake up. They 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 sleepwalk through the start of every game. It's noteworthy. I'm glad he brought that up. That was over the holidays. You get blasted by Columbus. The idea that you come out the following night, guns a-blazing, and you bury Toronto. It makes you look worse. It does. We did this for our coach. Oh, you chose tonight do that oh there's a switch that that needs to be sw- that needs to be flipped back on and and you know let's see if don granado because i think the season ends the way we think it's going to end you have a, a very serious question as to who's going to lead this team behind that bench moving forward and it's the nhl man you see it all the time coaches get brought in and things change dramatically year in year out if the message is stale and if you can't get these guys up for it every night and that's what it looks like. It looks like you can't get up for it every night. Then what are we doing here, guys? And we all like Don Granado. He's a great guy. He's all class. But if the message is stale and, and they're not playing for him consistently, yeah, what are we doing? I would bet Seth Apper would be the next head coach. Well, uh, for selfish reasons, I don't want to see that happen. <laughs> we'll come back with some takes on tap next in the sports bar. We'll play I'll Drink to That, Gino. I've got a couple Bills takes. One on Steph Diggs. As my antenna is going to be up this weekend, and I will explain on that. Another on Von Miller, where it's like with this big boulder that's on top of us. What are we going to do here? Is there another option? I'll explore this. Okay, uh, I've got a non-sports take and uh, a football take, and I'm this. I'm going to make a prediction. This is going to be a take that I have every year, right around this time, because I sit back and I evaluate and I think about the season that just was. And I think I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'll regurgitate it. This will be evergreen take on the NFL. We'll get to that and more next. With Al Drink to that in the sports bar, it's Danger and Bataglia. And you can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. 866-4FAN is that phone number. 585-866-4326. Last year at the Super Bowl, Rob Gronkowski went wide left on FanDuel's Kick of Destiny. It's me, Danger, for FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 95.7 The Fan. Now, now, Gronk is back for Kick of Destiny 2, and this time, you can play along. All you have to do is choose if Gronk will make 
or miss. And I got faith in Gronk this year. I'm going to go ahead and believe that Gronk makes this kick. You can get your free pick in right now because if you're right, you'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets. Everyone can get in on the action when Gronk takes his shot at redemption before Super Bowl 58. Whether you're a team make or team miss, just head to the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get your pick in. It's absolutely free. Then tune in before the game to see Gronk's kick live. You'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets if you're right. If you're new to FanDuel, just visit FanDuel.com slash Mike to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in New York. No purchase necessary. $10 million prize pool to be split equally among all eligible participants who make the correct pick. Prize issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one 877 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467-369. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia. On 957 oh, yeah. FM and AM950, the fan Rochester. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.